0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the award-winning podcast, The Politics of Disability. My name is Mary Patrick. I am your host and founder of the disability justice movement, Upgrade Accessibility. We're still navigating a bumpy road, but there are lots of problems along the way you want to make sure you buckle up really tight. All set? Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of The Politics of Disability. I am so excited to be talking to today's guest. Would you please introduce yourself?
1: Yes, hello everyone. My name is uh, Britta Filter and I am a a New York City international drag queen superstar um, who uh, was lucky enough to be on RuPaul's Drag Race, but I'm also an incredible um, uh, advocate and I am the national co-chair of Drag Out the Vote and I use my arts and my activism of drag to really uh, you know change people's lives for the better. and to i'm I'm a, re- a really good advocate for mental health as well. And so I try to use my platform to really uh, get the message of all of that, of how to take care of yourself and also how to uh, participate in our democracy, which is incredibly important.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me today. So thank you.
1: Yes, of course, Mary. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: I'm so happy to have you. So I noticed that I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And I noticed that in what you were posting, of course, you're posting about your guy shows and all of that. But now you're talking more about advocacy and like bullying, and like you said, mental health. What fuels your passion and what fuels that advocacy, what keeps you going?
1: Um, I think it's because, you know, I I I've always been involved with advocacy and I've always been involved um with the arts and somehow, and, you know, especially during the pandemic, when it first started, I kind of had to pick a route of which way to go with my drag. Um, and, uh, the thing that helped me to get out of, I, I was in a very, uh, big, uh, long, I mean, I'm still going through it at times. Um, I, I suffer from, uh, uh, severe depression and anxiety. And, you know, I didn't really realize how severe it was until the pandemic hit. And um, I, the thing that got me out of my severe depression was really lending a hand to others and helping others. And so by me Um, Really focusing on the election um, really helped me to get out of my my deep dark depression by helping others Um, and talking about mental health, because it has such a, a huge stigma around it and people don't talk about it because they're afraid that they're the only one or that they're alone and so. I'm doing um, uh, so much work uh, on on uh, my off days from performing to to really uh, shape that and not make it a stigma anymore. But also like to use my social media to get the word out to people um, uh, uh, about voting, about elections, about our democracy. You know, there's so much that I didn't know about. Um, uh, you know, our country alone, <laughs> when, when, when all of this stuff went down, when, you know, when our election, uh, it, when Trump got elected, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't care until he got elected, because that's when our rights started to get taken away. um, And I just thought, you know, I, when I started, one out of five LGBTQ individuals were not registered to though. And that is a huge number and truly the way that we have our voice heard is through voting and it's how we have our voice heard at the local level is through voting it's why all these these anti um uh drag anti-trans bills are going through is because we voted these people into office at the local level people kept on saying that the election doesn't matter at the local level um, we only vote in the presidential election and that is not true and that is totally being shown right now so it's so important for me to to use my platform to try and 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 help others because you know there's so many things that i was afraid to ask that uh, i had to realize that like if I'm afraid to ask, then there's so many other people in our country that are afraid to ask it. And as a drag queen, I'm willing to embarrass myself to ask the silly questions that people might think that are, that are dumb, but they're not. There are no stupid questions.
0: Yeah, you, know, you said a lot of things, here. I want to touch on my mental health part. Yeah. I think the reason why people are afraid to talk about it is because we we're building a disabled community, mental health falls under the umbrella of disability. And I think that because disability is viewed so negatively, people are like, well, I'm not disabled. I only have a mental health issue. And if, you know, being disabled is horrible thing, and it's not. Um, and when we talk about mental health, um, we don't talk about the mental health of the disabled and ill community during a pandemic, which is still ongoing. I think it's important to mention that the pandemic is still ongoing. Despite what the administration says, or whoever says, the pandemic has not ended. Um, There are people like myself who still cannot go out safely into this world. So it's really important what you're doing, what you're saying, bringing mental health to the forefront It is really, really important. And it's interesting to me that you said, it wasn't until Donald Trump was elected president that rights got taken away. And it's, again, it's ironic to me because I said, oh, this comes from a more non-disabled lens, right? Because the Disabled and concrete of Community has always had rights took away from them, no matter who was in office. So, I think it's a very, very interesting like just position, like you're saying, well, this is what caused, you know, the beginning about unraveling and the disabled and caused real me like not really, um, you know, like this has always happened to us. And while we are talking about disability, there's a new intersection between the Disabled and Chronical Health Communities and the LGBTQA press me yet the Disabled Community and Chronical Health community are excluded from vital conversations. When we talk about trans rights, we talk about marriage growing. Why do you think we are left out when we talk about the to me, like why are we left out of these conversations when there's such an intersection between the two communities?
1: Yeah, you know, there's so many people right now that are making decisions in Congress without asking any of our opinions. Um, because they're affecting us directly, it's actually wild to me that there are there, that there is like even just what happened in Montana the other day of them um, silencing that representative of uh, it, there there is one queer trans individual um, uh, in in the representation in Montana and. Um, they they wouldn't let them actively vote on it, on uh, this bill that was about to pass. And it's insane to me that they don't, that they, they, they like to pass things about our bodies without asking us how we live with this every single day um being being trans being disabled being a person of color um you know all, all of these different things that makes us so special incredibly special from one another and also makes us so so unique and so valued in a way and i, and I think it's so important for us um for them to ask us so, so many people like to pass things through congress congress without asking the people of how it affects them directly, um, and and that's what and that's what really needs to change. A lot of it is a bunch of, to be honest, a bunch of white, um, uh, you know, straight cis individuals. That just want to pass things according to them, and it's and it's unfair, and it's it's not how our democracy works, and that's why there is becoming such an uprising, and it's honestly very scary to me. It's very scary to me all this stuff that's happening, but you know what? It's important for me, even though it is scary to put myself out there in the front of all of this and to also make sure that my voice is being heard because there's so many other people like me that are sometimes afraid to have their voice being heard and you know if i'm afraid then i know that i'm i'm probably doing good and when it comes down to it. And you know, if, if I'm afraid, then if you see uh, a, a myself, a, a six foot tall man, looking gorgeous in a dress and a big wig with a beautiful painted face, screaming at the top of my lungs, then maybe that will give someone who feels comfortable in their own skin to also go out there and to, you know, go against the social norm and to make sure that their voices are being heard because our voices matter. And that's what everyone needs to know.
0: Our voices do matter. I think what you said is, my like, it's so amazing. Like, exactly. That, like, you know, I I always say, like, we have to be, for us, unapologetically disabled, like, take up that space. And one of the things I always say is the hardest and most necessary thing that a disabled person can do is take up space It's traditionally non-disabled, like, just take up that space And that is what you and others are doing. You're taking up that space that is traditionally cis white space, you know. And I think it's important to take up that space and let them know that we're not. Yes, we're afraid, but we won't show that we are afraid of what is going on. I want to tie my next question back to this one. As we head into Pride season, wire banks are frequently inaccessible. They along with great kills became accessible early on in the pandemic. Many artists do not care for virtual grade kills. We have got because again we are left out of this conversation, right? But we, you know there are many 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 friends with the disabled country of me that love diabetes we love we love artists. we dm each other oh did you watch diabetes okay oh my god did you see what happened we love race. we love this but we're left out of this we're left out of the shows we're left out of pride Which is why I created prior way, because we never, even prior to the pandemic, prior books are not accessible and not just to those with physical disabilities. But if you have processing disorders, if you're neurodivergent, anything like that, they're not accessible. What do you talk about drive? Or i like, oh, I hate doing shows in my living room. I never wanna do that again. When what that does, it it grew the whole segment of
1: the population. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's super important. And you know, I'm so I'm so like I, I'm so grateful for you for saying that because it is so important. It's so important for people to know um that uh that it, it, it was helping such a, a a different uh population of people um during the pandemic i mean you know i i, I think I, I think you know we enough people just don't know other, each other's stories and to understand what they were going through i know that a lot of people um were hurting during the pandemic i'm just like uh disabilities were not being able to go out and whatnot and so I think um was just a a, a big realization um from others and they didn't have have uh an, an idea of how others were feeling actually Mary with you saying that I I would honestly love to donate my time to you for for your uh your pride, I I think, and I would love to help you in a way to get more drag performers to to come on and 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 do that. I think it's so important. I mean, I'm always donating my time to drag out the votes and for text banks to for me to come and perform and for them to get. Uh, you know, a text bank is so boring, but <laughs> so necessary, so necessary, and something that we do with drag out the vote. Is I donate my time to certain text banks and perform and DJ while while this is going on to make sure that that people are entertained while they're they're texting these individuals and their constituents. So, um, you, I, I promise you right now on air, um, on your podcast that I will I will gladly help you and I would love to perform at at this pride to make it more accessible for others because I know how important it is, it, it's so important. And for others to see drag and to get that uplifting feeling that we get when we go to a drag show or when we see Drag Race on television, it's it's so important. And you know it's so amazing to be able to reach people through their screen and that we have this technology like Zoom to make sure that we can be brought together because honestly, that's what helped us all during the pandemic to really have relationships with others was, was Zoom. Like that's honestly all we had. That's the only thing we had. So it's an amazing thing, you know, even though the pandemic is still going on and it sucks, it's beautiful that we were able to get these types of technologies to really bring us together in a safe way.
0: You heard it here first. Where? have care will be at 2023 why our I am excited and over removed. Um cannot wait details to come. I got nobody's part of the recording. So stay tuned for more details. And I want to publicly thank you for um making that promise. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, it's with all the advocacy work that you do and you speaking up and saying that how important it is and how it's it it really affects you. And, you know, I I know that for me, my mental health and having someone in my corner, um, really, it's it's just it's a beautiful thing to know that there's someone else that's there who's willing to to help better their community. So I'm getting all emotional because I just think, I think what you do, Mary, is so beautiful. And I'm so, I'm honestly so grateful for you. People I'm sure from all over this country are so honestly grateful for you. And so I just want to express that to you. I'm proud of you and you're doing amazing work.
0: I want to thank you because um, again, I have reached out to several great performers to interview them. And they have told me, no, um, they just don't, they're not comfortable with discussing disability or discussing how that overlap, that intersection of the queer community and disabled, disabled community. And let me tell you that I reached out to the British team and they were welcoming and they were amazing and I wish more people understood that there is an intersection there. And I spoke at a conference yesterday, and I said, until we meet people at their intersection, we will never move forward as a society. So until, because disability intersects at every identity so until we meet people at their intersection we cannot move forward so thank you for meeting me and my community at our intersection we appreciate you and also we want you to know that you are also part of our community and when you when you are ready to identify in that way, we will welcome you with open arms. Thank you so much, Of course. Yeah. Um, You mentioned that you are the national co-chair of dry up a boat. Tell the folks what it is, how and why it should get, it. Um, how you get involved, and how and why And before you enter, I do want to point out that in the 2020 election, the disabled community was a pivotal group. We were a pivotal voting demographic, which is why they are trying to put more student voting laws in place. Because we won that
1: election, yeah, and
0: they know we did. So, talk to me about drag out the vote. What is it? How and why did you get involved? And how and why should we get? How can we get involved
1: and why? Of course. Um. So, drag out the vote is a um a nonpartisan uh uh uh, non profits uh organization that uses the art and advocacy of drag to get out the vote. um so uh i joined um actually during drag race during my season it was the first gig that i did as a and i donated my my time everyone donated their time for this big fundraiser and i hosted it alongside um Jeremy Carey, a f- formerly known as Fifi O'Hara. Um, and we did this giant event. And, uh, you know, it was so important for me um, because the reason why I got involved is because I found out that one out of five, as I said in the beginning, LGBTQ individuals were not registered to vote. And it really, it really hit me and it really, You know, uh, us voting is such a pivotal point, like you were saying, in the election, the disabled vote was so important, was so important to this election. And, you know, I wanted people to realize and to know um, how how to get involved. And and, you know, there's a lot of people that are angry. There's a lot of people that would go to protests. There's a lot of people that would that would, you know, scream from the rooftops. But the thing that they wouldn't do, the simplest thing that they would not do is to go out and vote, to go out and vote in your primaries, to go out and vote in the, your general elections, in your local elections, because they affect your quality of life every single day. When you go to the voting poll, it affects your quality of life.
0: Oh, no, we aren't going yet. Come back before 4Q to find out where we're going. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Politics of Disability podcast. I can never even remember, disability is political, disability is messy, disability is not powerful, nor does it have to be.